Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter. And I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter and Niagara Gazette sports editor. And welcome to episode 12 of Buffalo Press Box. Nick, we're finally talking about a win again. A pretty emphatic win, a 32-6 victory over the New York Jets. I think it, it was kind of that get-well game that people had been waiting for, just for the, for the Bills to look like... Uh, the Bills we've come accustomed to over the past uh, three, four seasons. It was the first game is is uh, in uh, Joe Brady's tenure as an offensive coordinator. Just, I mean, there was a big difference. You were there. I mean, you saw it with your own eyes. You talked to people. Just what what was different? What happened Sunday that hadn't been happening for the previous six weeks or so? Um, I don't think a a ton changed offensively. Like, I mean. The plays were the same, right? I mean, you're not going to change the offense at this point in the season or in the middle of the season at all. Um, I think Brady just called a more efficient game. Uh, he implemented some motion. Um, he got in and out of a couple of different, you know, kinds of sets and things like that. Um, I thought the big thing that he did was he didn't stray from the run when it when it didn't look good. I mean, the Bills only averaged like 3.4 yards a carry for the game, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't abandon it. And the Bills, whether it's Dorsey, whether it's Dable, whoever, there's been a tendency to to just, you know, scrap the run when it's not working. I, I think that's understandable, um, you know, with, with a quarterback like Josh Allen. Um, but, you know, Br- Brady said uh, Monday, you know, that, you know, sometimes they're going to be what he called bloody runs. Just sometimes it's not going to be there, but you have to keep going back to it, keep going back to it, and hope that it, it kind of opens up later in the game. And I, I think that helped a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing is, you know, Josh Allen played well. He didn't, um, he didn't you know, you have a ton of explosive plays, but even Robert Salas said he didn't play hero ball. And that was what was going to beat the Jets' defense, not not the, you know, uncorking it 60 yards downfield. You know, what he didn't do in week one against the Jets is what he did Sunday. I mean, he didn't take those risks. He didn't try to force it when he shouldn't have. He just, he just played a sound football game. So, in your opinion, did Josh Allen look, for lack of a better word, did he look back? Did he look like his old self, so to speak? I mean, on occasion, I mean, there were there were a couple of times where he sought out contact on some runs, and that's another thing. Brady, they weren't very successful. Um, I, I I think what you're seeing now, like with Allen on on some of these scrambles, I think defenses are tailoring their rush to push him out of the pocket in a certain direction, um, and then they have spies or linebackers or whoever you know there to kind of keep him at bay. So. Some of that is why he's not scrambling right now as well, but he sought out contact on some of those runs, and that's kind of the the Allen of old. And obviously, um, that throw to Khalil Shakir was just a missile. I mean, that was a that was a masterpiece of of quarterbacking. Um, you know, looking off, you know, the safety with you know looking at D- Stefan Diggs on the left side of the field, getting the safety's eyes towards there. And then, you know, finding Shakir down the seam, and then Shakir made a nice run after the catch. So, I mean, he looked better. Um, I, I still think there's some some areas to improve on offense. I, I think eventually they can't win nickel and diming teams. At, at some point, they still have to say, we're going to take some shots downfield, and we have to figure out how to scheme that up. So speaking of going downfield, uh... Gabe Davis had it was zero targets, right? The whole Correct. game. Correct. What what what's happened to to him over the course of this year? I mean, he I believe his last year he didn't have the best year. Uh, big expectations, and people thought this would be this might be a bounce back year. He was named a captain, and here we are. It's November, and he I mean he just came off a game with zero targets. I mean, what what's happened to take him out of the offense, so to speak? I think you know. One area is, especially with Ken Dorsey, and I think um, 
Brady tried a little bit. Uh, Stefan Diggs didn't have a great game. I think they tried to to get him some things to get open early in the game, and he dropped a couple of them. But for Gabe Davis, you know the the Bills' offense was so reliant on hey, go get yourself open. You know, run the route to get yourself open rather than let's do some easy things to get you open. And so that's part of it. Um, I think the other part of it is. He's he's a little limited in what he can do. He's a, he's a deep threat kind of guy, and obviously the Bills aren't taking a lot of deep shots right now, um, so that kind of limits his play. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good receiver, but is he is he right now a number two receiver? Maybe not. Maybe not. As far as Shakir goes, he's not a guy that people talk about as one of the Bills' big weapons. But I mean, he's he's come up in the past several weeks here he's come up with some big catches some big touchdowns could they incorporate him more um i think so i I don't know if he's ever gonna be that you know cole beasley slot guy where he's getting 80 catches a year but he's really smart like you 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 speak to him um and you can you can kind of hear the intelligence coming out of him um you know, he's a disciplined guy. I believe his father was in the Air Force or the Army or one of the two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, and, he, and he showed, um, you know, on that on that that play, I mean, it was an 81-yard 81 81-yard 81 pass, but 60 of it was Shakir running. Um, and he made some, some nice moves in the open field to, to, get, to get a touchdown. Okay, so the defense, the defense played well again, which it has been most weeks six sacks what helped them get to the what helped help them get to the quarterback in your opinion i mean we saw leonard floyd get there again who's and he's quietly having a really really good year i think a lot of people um i don't know if they don't talk about him or if they're focused on vaughn miller or other guys but he he's he's been a really really good addition but six sacks what uh what changed this week i guess well, they got to play the Jets. I think that was the first one. Okay. I mean, the that, second. <laughs> the the uh, I I think that's that's part of it, and that's where you, on a certain level, you have to pump the brakes on on a win like this, is because that offense was rough. I mean, yeah, just rough. Um, Zach Wilson was not good, and now they're they're moving away. He's actually been demoted to the number three quarterback for the Chats now. Um, and they're going to go with Tim Boyle. Um, I don't think that's going to work out any better for him, to be honest with you. I never realized that Tim, not to interrupt, you know, even the the worst quarterbacks in the NFL were pretty decorated in college. And he, like, he didn't even have a decorated college career, Tim Boyle. It, it's it's weird when you look at his, his college record. Like, it's just his, his stats are awful. It, I've never, I don't, think I've ever seen a quarterback have the stats he has and be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, Matt Castle didn't have any stats. Right, but but he was a backup at USC. I mean, back at right. like Matt Leinart. I mean that. I mean, but I mean right. Tim Boyle. And forgive me, I don't remember where he where he attended. He went to a couple schools, but they weren't. I mean, the competition wasn't grade A. So I mean, I I, I don't think I've ever really seen a quarterback. From a small, from smaller colleges, who who's gone on to start NFL games, get NFL action, that just wasn't a very good college quarterback, at least on paper. And well, now he he's in New York because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, right? And and I guess to an extent, um, um, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, uh, but uh, I mean he he's kind of kicked around, um. You know, he, he was with the Packers, he was with the Lions, the Bears. Um, UConn and Eastern, Eastern Kentucky is where he went okay. uh, to school. Um, so he was at, I believe, Eastern Kentucky is FCS, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, he wasn't even an FBS quarterback, um, you know, for the end of his college career. But um, the the... That's part of it. The Jets, the Jets, their offensive line was rough. It didn't help when you know left tackle Mackay Becton went out with an ankle sprain early in the game. Um, so that's a piece of it. But at the same time, 
they didn't make this impact against Zach Wilson in week one. Uh, I think they they what they did well was get after him um, uh, uh, on second and third downs. Um, first, what helped was um, they got some stops on first down. I think they averaged seven or eight yards uh, per play on first down in the first game. Um, on Sunday, they, they got that down to about three and a half, uh, a little less than three and a half. So that put the Jets in some some passing situations on second and third down, and um, I think the Bills had two sacks on second down on the first two drives. That puts the Jets in, in third and long, and that's not a place Zach Wilson wants to be. Um, and then later in the game, they got a couple of sacks on third and long. So to, to just kind of close out some drives. So I I think that was that was good to see from the from the pass rush, and it opened up other things. Um, you know they haven't had the Bills haven't had an interception since week four. You think about that, that's in eternity. Yeah, really, almost two months. They had eight in the first four weeks, and then nothing for six weeks. Um, and they get two on 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 Sunday, both from Razul Douglas, who had three takeaways by himself. Mm-hmm. Um. Thought, I thought he looked good. Uh, he's starting to look a little more comfortable um, since coming over from Green Bay. What else have you noticed from him? I mean, because I mean, that's a significant in-season off addition. I mean, what else have you? And you know, joining a, an NFL team mid-season isn't always the easiest. So, I mean, what have you noticed? Yeah, he just fits. He fits what the Bills do. He's his own corner, and the Bills like to play a lot of zone. Um, so that I mean. You know, when you come into a new team, no matter what, you're going to have an adjustment period. And and I didn't think he was underwhelming the first two weeks, but nothing really stood out about him. Um, But, you know, he made some plays against Garrett Wilson, who was was a very good receiver. That poor guy, I mean, he's not, uh, he doesn't get to showcase uh, his talent a whole lot right now, but he's, he's really, really good, Garrett Wilson. And Rosal Douglas uh, made a couple of plays against him. I, he had a he had a I don't know if it was pass interference or or illegal contact or whatever that that um I, I don't know I didn't think that was a great call um but yeah I, I guess you you live with it when you get two picks in a in a fumble recovery. What so, so Zach Wilson was was he third overall second, second. overall? How in two thousand twenty? 19? When was it? 20, I think. 21? 21. 20? That short? Like, how? I mean, how does a guy go second overall and just, I mean, he shows you nothing. I mean, and I'm sure part of that's a product of just being in an offense with not a ton of weapons, Garrett Wilson aside. But, like, like, you just don't see anything from him. it's, It's odd that he was a second overall pick, you know, three years ago. And he just, I mean... He's shown not really nothing, and the Jets are going to move on from him now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Jets did him any favors. I mean, you, you, they got rid of their offense. The guy that Matt Lafleur just didn't work out, or Mike Lafleur. I'm sorry, Matt Lafleur is the Packers. His brother Mike was the original coordinator. That didn't work out. They get rid of him, and then you know you bring in Nathaniel Hackett just to be you know, and then go out and get Aaron Rodgers. So I don't right. I don't know how often how much they. How many favors they've done him? They haven't really given him a great offensive line to play behind, and I think that's that's hurt maybe his development a little bit. But yeah, I mean he he's uh, I think 31, 31 starts in the NFL, so there are guys there there are worse players out there. I mean Achilles Smith comes to mind. I think I don't think he had twenty starts. Um, <laughs> Jamarcus Russell was a pretty bad pick. Uh, there, there are others out there, but yeah, there was nothing, nothing remarkable. I mean, the Jets had ninety-two passing yards, and eighteen of them came on a fake punt. Right. Now, I mean, obviously, some of that, you know, the sack yards take away from the passing yards in the NFL, but still, that's. Right. I mean, and and that's 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 where you, I don't. You have to like. I think you're right. Like he hasn't shown much, a whole lot, you know. 
Um, for sure. But who is who? He is the the only quarterback who's beaten the Philadelphia Eagles this season. That's very true. I mean, think about that. Speaking of the Eagles, the Bills play Philly this weekend, and this is the Bills have gotten through the easy part of their schedule, and they didn't do very well with it. Now here come the uh, here come the heavyweights. What do you make of this matchup? I mean, the Eagles just beat the Chiefs. I mean, they look in my opinion, as good as any team in the NFL right now. I mean, they're to me, they're the best team in the NFL. What are, you, what are your thoughts on just how the Bills match up with, with them? I thought for like three quarters of that game, that Eagles-Chiefs game, it, the Eagles were lucky to be in the game, and then all of a sudden, the 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 switch just flipped, and, mm-hmm. and they just kind of took over. I mean, the Eagles are... are very very good they don't have a ton of weaknesses um you know they're they're good against the run um which i mean that's not the worst thing in the world for the bills obviously because they want to win games with josh allen or they should um you know they they don't get a ton of sacks but they i believe they're number two in quarterback pressures behind the bills so they still kind of create chaos uh for opposing passers i think where the bills what the bills want is they want to make it a drop back passing game can jalen hurts beat them throwing the ball 35 times 40 times um he hasn't shown he's shown it sometimes but not consistently during his career that he can be a drop back passer and pick teams apart um without a running game. So if you, I mean if you look at his stats this year, they're not they're not overly impressive right now. Um I think at, at one point not so long ago he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Um but I mean he he's still that running component is is dangerous. Obviously they have the the tush push. Um you know he he's a he's a Good quarterback, completing almost seventy percent of his passes. Now he's got fifteen touchdowns, nine picks, so he's kind of, kind of gotten on a hot streak a little bit here. But um, you know they're gonna have to figure out a way to corral AJ Brown, um, who is as good as any receiver in the NFL. Um, so and then obviously their offensive line is very good. So Eagles are are loaded. Um, with that being said, the Bills are still. As talented as anybody in the NFL, um, it's just a matter of which Bills team shows up and what time they get there. Like they're not going to be able to beat the Eagles at you know just deciding that all right we're going to play in the third quarter now. Um, they're going to need to play a complete football game from start to finish to beat the Eagles. Can we get a prediction from you? You have, picked, um, you have picked against the Bills before. I think I'm going to pick against them again. Um, oh we'll say 27-21. Oh. It just, it, 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 I think the Bills, the Bills still have to prove to me that they're ready to, um, to be that team again and play against, in, 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 you know, stand up to some of these heavyweights and show that they're one as well. Um, I I don't think beating the Jets um, washes away, you know, six weeks of mediocrity. No. And, and I mean, that, that Jets defense was good. Um, they're a good, good defense. So 32 points is not nothing. Um, but they also didn't get much pushback from from the Jets offense. So it's not like the Bills offense really faced any urgency in that game. Um they're gonna on Sunday. So we're I think we're gonna find out a lot about where where this season is headed with the Bills. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict Bills twenty eight, Eagles twenty four. You Bill you were uh you've you've been on a hot streak with your predictions um in general you you had i believe you had the bills by by 28 over the jets and they won by 26 you didn't have the right score but you were in the ballpark oh yeah 
I could, I could feel it. I told you, I could, I could just, I could feel it that it was coming. They were due for it, overdue. Perhaps you should, you should uh, become a betting man. You can, no. you can retire to Boca Raton and and play shuffleboard. That's not my style, gambling or shuffleboard. I don't know. I could see you playing shuffleboard with white socks and sandals. Maybe on a cruise ship. Not in Florida, though. I couldn't see you on a cruise ship. Neither could I. I've never been on a cruise. I I, I just that 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 the image doesn't doesn't come to mind. You know, the <laughs> Bills have only won twice ever in Philadelphia. I remember both games. I can vividly recall them in 1993 and 96. Right. Yep. Yep. I remember both games very well. I believe 93 was a 10-7 game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 1996, get Gabe Northern had a had a a punt a return to punt block for a touchdown in the in the first half, and Ty Detmer threw for 200 more yards than Jim Kelly. I remember Bruce Smith sacking him though. Maybe it ended the game. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I remember those games in the vet. They were huge wins. No, yeah, the the that's been a uh. I mean, it's not like they play there a lot, obviously, because the, the Eagles are in the NFC. But not much success in Philadelphia for the for the Bills. No. Um, but for the Sabers here, it's a, it's lucky that the Bills had some success against the Jets because the Sabers did not. Um, although the Jets they played are in Winnipeg. Um, so you know you have the the rough the rough game against the Jets where they they just. They had some chances. They just couldn't couldn't close it out. Couldn't finish it. Um, and then they go in and have a big win against uh, the Blackhawks in Chicago. Rasmus Dahlin um, showed that he's uh, certainly one of the best defensemen in the NHL. What did you make of the Sabres weekend, Bill? Yes, it was okay. It wasn't the greatest against the Jets. I think they just got going too late. Um, it was a game, a very winnable game for them, and they just. They, they they played their best hockey in the third period, and as far as the win over Chicago, they didn't. Pl- I mean, they didn't play that great against the Blackhawks uh, either. But they they got it out and they found a way. And that was, I mean, Eric Johnson. I mean, that looked like a goal first overall pick would score. Of course, not. It's not the kind of goal you expect uh, him to score when he's thirty five and is coming off a season in which he scored zero goals. But that goal by Eric Johnson was just huge. And Don Granato talked about it after the game. He was just talking about, you know, he wanted to do something. He kind of, I guess, took it into his own hands. And it, it was a, a huge, huge goal. And just a, quite a highlight real goal, too, just moving in from the point. But, I mean, the Sabres, they beat the Blackhawks, who are not a very good team. But they won a road game. They didn't have their best. But they, they, they found a way. And that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, when you win a road game in the NHL, I mean, it's so difficult. I mean, it, it's it's hard to quibble with it. So, and that was a huge game for them to just get two points. You know, no overtime, no none of this. They just they won a regulation. They stopped the bleeding, so to speak, because I mean, uh, they had been in a funk. I mean, they 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 lost to the Bruins. They lost to the Jets. Um, I'm missing another game in there, but um, whatever they had lost. Penguins. Yeah, Penguins. You know, so they scored two goals and two losses, and they they lost to the Jets. And it was, I mean, it was really getting to that point where you know, mini crisis again. If the losing streak hits four, and you have to have another road game in Washington, and you know you're at the bottom or near the bottom of the division or the Eastern Conference, I mean, it was it was, it was time for them to win, and they they gutted one out. So Rasmus Dahlin. Off to quite a quite a start to this road trip here. Uh, four points, obviously three against the Blackhawks. Played over twenty eight minutes in both games. A second under twenty nine against the against Chicago. Eight shots on goal. Five hits. Two block shots. He's he's doing it all right now, and it's coming. You know, a, after a, a a a stretch of not getting on the board at all. Yes, he, 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 I mean, that was a terrific weekend for him. And to me, that's just another sign that he's elevating and he's reaching another level that's going to make him, in my opinion, a, a Norris Trophy winner someday. 
I mean, he's 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 that good, and he's he's showing more signs of it. I mean, he's already showing a ton of signs, but to me, the weekend, just the way he played, uh, just more signs of it. Just factoring in every goal. I mean, just lifting up your team when they need that lift, and just playing half the game almost. Just tough minutes against the opposition's best. That's what that's what these workhorse, elite, top tier defensemen do, and he's doing that. And I think, I mean. Feels like he's been around forever because he has this is whatever sixth year I guess, um, but he's only twenty three. He's not even even to his prime, so I mean he should only keep getting better. And this is to me, uh, there's different moments in his maturation we look back at. I mean, I can look back to uh, almost two years ago, early December. He he had a bad game against the. Seattle cracking at home, and that was one of the lines in his career where it was just like he took off after that. He, he something clicked, and he was just a different player after that. And maybe at some point uh, in the near future, we look back maybe this little stretch here and say that that was a time he he, he took off again where he found that extra level. His last two games, uh, season highs and minutes. Um, previous was was. 26-39 against the Devils earlier in the season. Um, with him, he, he has the ability to control the game um, with his pace of play. And I think that's that's where a lot of those defensemen set themselves apart. He doesn't feel rushed. He doesn't, he doesn't ever feel panicked. Um, everything seems effortless with him. And I think that's, that's a big thing for him. He can he can control the game without taking a shot or, uh, you know, whatever. You know, he, he just has the ability to control the pace of game. Oh, for sure. And he's that's something he's kind of had to learn he could do. I, I think it, I remember, I think it was a second year, he just had this utterly dynamic shift where he, I don't know if he had the puck for 30 seconds, and it was just like he, we talk about controlling the game, but he was like literally like controlling the game. It was It was amazing to see. And he, he lost that under Ralph Kruger later on the next, you know, the next season. And he had to get that back. And I think he's still learning just what he can do, uh, how how far his talent can take him. And I think uh, we'll see more shifts. I don't know if he's going to have the puck for whatever, 30 seconds and zigzag all over the ice. But, I mean, we should see more of that where he he takes over games, controls games. And I mean, we've seen in the past where he moves in and he looks like the center because he's joining the rush that effortlessly. And he's at the, at the leading the charge. So I think, I mean, like I said, this is only, he's only 23. He's been around a while, but he's still very young. There's probably still some rawness to him. And uh, I think there's a whole lot more. And he's getting a, he's getting a mean streak too. I don't recall when he had the hip check. That was a recent game. He flipped someone over. Yeah. I, yes. I... <laughs> and and then, um, you know, uh, I think it was the third period. Kyle Connor, um, directly from the 1970s with that mustache and mullet, kind of kind of tried to to give Darlene a little cheap shot. I mean, nothing egregious, but give him a little cheap shot along the board. Somebody got him, and then right as he was about to. St- to skate away, Dowling pretty much just threw him on the ice with one hand. Um, and I think that's good to see. He doesn't have to be Scott Stevens. He doesn't have to be Rob Blake. Um, but just to have an edge from time to time, I think, is important for him as well. No, oh, he he for sure has an edge. And I think you might not see it all the time, but I think he, he carries it all the time. He's a very, very fierce competitor. And if if you go at him, he's going to go right back. And I mean, teams are going to take try to take liberties with him because, I mean, he's the guy they have to shut down. Maybe more than any guy on the team. So teams are going to go at him. They're going to do whatever, whether it's uh, you know, just a a, a tap or uh, a full on uh, cheap shot or whatever. But they're going to try to get in his head. And he he's shown really that he'll, he's just he's not going to take anything. And he won't back down. So I think for him to have that, you know, you don't think of him as a, a a tough player, so to speak, but he he certainly has a lot of toughness and he has that mean streak in him, I think a lot of the great players have. 
he's the next, next captain of the Sabres, is he not? I would think so, yes. I mean, he, and the thing with the Sabres is, I mean, they have plenty of people that would be terrific uh, replacements for whenever Kyle Oposo retires. I mean, I think Alex Tuck would, Tuck would be a good captain. I think Tage Thompson would be a good captain. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, I think it's going to be Rasmus Dowling. Have you thrown your hat in the mix? I'm not eligible because I'm not on the team. I don't know. I think that's discrimination, Bill. You know, one of my, you know, you see these fans and they put their name on their own name on the back of their jersey, which that's not really my thing, but whatever. But what irks me is when they put their own name on the back of the jersey and they make themselves captain. So, I mean, it just, I mean, I don't know. To me, that's, it's a little too much. What do you think of that, Nick? Well, so, so when, when I played hockey, we had um, the Sabres sponsored our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had the, the red jerseys, you know, with the, the puck and the cross swords. And then we had um, the, uh, the, the, the first, the first uh, remix of, the, of the, the, the current logo. You know, the dark blue and, mm-hmm. and darker gold. I I would not wear that jersey to a game. Like I I had like friends like why don't you wear that? Why don't you wear your jersey to a game? Like, well, because people are gonna think that I bought that jersey and put my name on the back. Like, and I think only tools do that. <laughs> your it, words, not mine. My you think think about what? Who's spending money to put their own name? Their like their 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 own name and number on the back of an NHL jersey? Like, I get I, I get that like. Jerseys, in a lot of ways, can be a waste of money because, you know, you uh, you, you don't know how long they're going to be there. Like, my brother got a Jack Eichel one thinking, well, he's not leaving. <laughs> um, right. A lot of people did. He left. Uh, so, I, I get that part, but, man. And the worst is, like, when they get, like, uh, their name in one, number one. Like, you, you couldn't figure out a better number than one. Are they goalies? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people do the one. Like, I don't know. If you get like a, uh, 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 just a rant, like a actual number, I think people have to think about it at least for a second. Like, that's true. Who is Hoppy number 73? I will say, I've never seen anyone make themselves an alternate captain. Like, uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that's my thing. They, they, they. I don't know. There's no. I guess there's no glory with the A. Also, just uh, sometimes these people have these jerseys, a name on the back, name and number, but it's totally the style that they never wore. So that that's that's irked me too. I guess. Oh yeah, like like, well, even like when they bring back like the Bills legends, like like the the older guys like never wore those jerseys. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Steve Tasker wearing the current, eight, you know, he's wearing his 89, and it's the current jersey. It's like, no, oh, he never wore that style. Um, One of the Bills players, one of the practice squad guys, had a Matthew Barnaby jersey on coming into the game. Really? I'm going to guess he couldn't pick Matthew Barnaby out of a crowd, but good for him, I guess. What style? As the, the white goat head. All right, interesting. I'm gonna guess he found it at a thrift store. No offense to Matthew Barnaby, but I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Dix is still stocking his jersey or Laux. Are they still open? Laux still open? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Well, the absolute worst though is are the people who like who get a guy who's not even on the team, like a Sidney Crosby or something, and put him on a Sabres jersey. Actually, when. When my father and I had when we had season tickets at the Odd, there was a guy who sat a couple of rows in front of us who he loved Daryl Sittler for some reason, and he had like a a Daryl Sittler. Uh, well, he had a few different jerseys of him, but he, I think he had a Daryl Sittler Sabers, maybe another team. But it was like why, like why would you want a Daryl Sittler Sabers jersey? Like 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 why? I never understood that. This is like getting like a Ty Domi Sabers jersey. Yeah, like or Rob Ray Leafs jersey. 
I don't get it. I don't. I really don't get it. Yeah, I've seen Sidney Crosby Maple Leafs. I've seen you see all sorts. I mean, you you walk around, you go to enough games, you're gonna see some jerseys where you're just like, oh my goodness, what 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 is up with that? But I mean, hey, if it makes them happy, right? Right. I guess. I guess so. I mean, you you give like the the Bills legends a pass because I think there's probably some probably some NFL rules around that stuff. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, licensing plays a factor probably on some level. But if you're going to go out and, like, let's say buy a Jim Kelly jersey, why are you buying a Jim Kelly jersey with the current the current style? Like, you can find you can find a, a, a way to get the other, uh, the, the jersey that he actually wore. Like, I agree. I um, agree. And by the way, they should go back to those jerseys and the red helmets. Oh, those are fantastic. I'd, I'd I'd be all aboard that. I think no, they shouldn't have got rid of them to begin with. I think that all these teams that that change jerseys always end up going back to the to the model they left. Yeah, because they they leave most of them leave classics, and the replacements just they're not as good. And you know, there's something with these older jerseys uh, that they were just they were just I don't designed i don't know what the word is like simpler or without like all these marketing ideas in their head i don't know what it was but there's something about the simplicity so to speak of these older jerseys that just makes them really great in my opinion and then i say simplicity and that doesn't mean they're you know just like a line or uh, you know i mean these are many cases detailed creative logos and designs but i mean there's just there's something about them you know today's jerseys and all these things they're they're way too complex for me i think i think when they they shifted to the goat head i think it came at the right time i i always enjoyed that logo in those jerseys well i was talking Um, about football but yeah yeah i was talking in about football but yeah hockey too i should say in general i guess i should say well, I mean, yeah, like, like, so, like, the Browns wore their white face mask. Like, why they try to get away from? I mean, their their normal jerseys are so good. I don't know why they've tinkered with them and this and that. Like, there's like so many renditions you can do with orange and brown. Um, but you are but, right. The, the the goat head. Um, go. I'll let you finish your thoughts. Sorry. Well, I, I thought I thought it came at the right time. You know, they opened a new arena. I thought it kind of fit like the '90s at the time. Oh, it, it. I mean, it did. It was, but it, it was definitely a logo uniform based on you know trends and marketing and all that stuff. Yeah, it, but I don't think that they necessarily had to change that either. Like, I feel like they just changed it to change it. And you know, anytime somebody wants to get a new logo or New Jersey, people kind of hop on board with that idea. Um, what they came up with was rough, but um, we had those jerseys too. We had the slug. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I, I don't think they had to change it, but I think going from the classic to the goat head wasn't one of the bad. wasn't one of the worst uh, shifts in logos that that you could you could find. No, with, with hindsight, at the time I really didn't like it, but hindsight, uh, it's. Uh, the popular logo people like it and i really think it stood the test of time i mean the the ones they wear right now there were just a couple little tweaks and they look i mean they look sharp so i did uh, always like the numbers on the on the on the chest there on the on the shoulder like uh where the where the the opposite side of the a or the c oh yeah that was a that was a slug thing though right that was a slug thing, and then they did that with the oh yeah, the well, navy ones too, right? Yeah, but that was that was also a post lockout thing. I think the sharks did it. I think the the lightning did it for a while. I mean, it's I mean, they have numbers on the back, the arms, the front of the helmet. I mean, uh, I think there's enough numbers that they can identify. There was, but I liked it. It was just unique. It was unique without without like. Cluttering things up. I don't know. I oh, I, I think it cluttered it, big time. I think the logo kind of kind of did that. Yeah. Um. But 
A current guy looking to stay in a Sabres uniform, Zach Benson. Is is he a full-time Sabre? Well, the game against Ble- the uh, Chicago will be game number nine, and after that, if he plays again, his contract will kick in, so it's decision time for them. And uh, I've been back and forth on this one. I thought in the beginning, like, uh, yeah, he's probably going to stay, and then he he dipped a little bit his play which i mean you expect i mean he was uh, i mean he's 18 years old he was surprised to make the team and then he got hurt so you're like oh what's going on here but he's come back these last few he's played well and i i think they said they were the decision had been made last week uh they were going to give him the next few games and uh or wait until he played those next few games and uh, I think there's a very good chance they keep him. Uh, I think he's acquitted himself well. I mean, he's only going to get better. I mean, he's. I mean, at 18, I mean, he manages to stand out in a lot of the games and make plays. I mean, I mean, he's still obviously very raw, but I mean, some of the plays he's made just like heady plays. He thinks the game at a high level, and he's he's aggressive and. I mean, he he doesn't look out of place. So my thought is that yeah, they probably keep it. And part of and part of that too is that, I mean, as we've talked about, the Sabres they built up their depth where, you know, they have options and and so forth, and, and there's competition. But they're a little. I mean, right now they're a little light in the forward department. They're kind of you know they could use another one or two, and they have some great guys in in Rochester. They, they don't want to rush. I think with Yuri Kulik and Isaac Rosan. And so I think they want to keep them down there. So there's really no other option. So I, I think that uh, he'll probably stay because he's their best option. He gives them the best chance to win. Is he, they play the Capitals in Washington tonight. Is he in the lineup when they return home with, for, against the Penguins Friday? I, I, I'll say yes. I think, I think, uh, They'll keep him. I mean, will he play, you know, the rest of the games and wind up playing 70-some games or whatever it would be? Who knows about the ebb and flow of the season? I mean, we've seen with some of these younger guys, uh, J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn last season, for example, that, they're you know, Don Granato is not afraid to sit them down. And it's not like they're getting benched. It's more, you know, healthy scratch. It's more that they're, they're taking a breather. They're taking a step back to reset. Um, Don Granato talks about how you know the season's so hectic, you don't get a chance to step back and reflect and so forth when you're in the thick of it. And if you can, you scratch a player, uh, they have a little opportunity, a short opportunity to do that for a day or two or a few days or whatever, however you want to uh, frame it. So, um, yeah, I think he could stay, and I think he could be a big part going forward and i mean yeah there's going to be other bumps but i think he's acquitted himself enough where they feel comfortable keeping him but we'll see i mean i thought they would give matt savoy at least a longer look and he played four minutes in one game and went back so he did get a welcome to the nhl against the jets yes he did (laughs) no one came to his rescue I'm sorry. No one, no came, one to... came to Benson's rescue. There, he got he got uh, he got walled by three guys. Oh, I thought you meant Matt. I thought you meant Matt Savoy got a video no. message. No, Benson oh, got a welcome because he to did the get NHL. a video message in his game oh, did he? against the Wild. Well, I mean, no one. I mean, no one came to his defense because it it just no one could get to him and it was broken up. Maybe um, he's a maybe he's a punk in the locker room. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's. Seems to be well liked. Um, that's another thing too. Just he's. I think he's fit in well. I think he he. You just he has the right attitude. Uh, obviously, to crack the NHL at eighteen when you're not expected to, but just I think just his personality fits in with the group too. My wife tells me I'm a pest, so I can appreciate uh, angering three guys at once. Yeah. Uh, he and he certainly did. I mean, he's willing to pay the price, and it, that call on him at the end of the game, though, was just. I mean, if you saw if you saw the the little scrum or whatever, I mean, for him to get the only penalty out of that at that juncture of the game with the game on the line, it was it was it was a really a brutal call. I mean, about as bad as you'll see, in my opinion. 
I think you should have started kicking people. Is that, that's not allowed. Says who? The rule book? Eh, rules are for suckers, Bill. Yeah, Who's the, it... the Capitals guy? I think it was. He said they had the dreadlocks. Um, seventeen. It was. It was before they they went back to their their red, white, and blue jerseys. Clark, maybe. Dreadlock. Chris Clark, their old captain. Maybe there was somebody. I think. I think he he stepped on somebody. The back of somebody's leg. At what one point? That I I don't remember. That was a big deal. At the I'm time. sure it was. <laughs> but you don't. Apparently, you don't remember, Bill. I don't. I remember a lot of things, but I don't remember that. But yeah, Zach. But certainly, Zach Benson's aggressiveness is part of his repertoire. I mean, whether it's you know being fearless and going to the you know the dirty areas and paying the price, or just you know hounding opponents and stealing the puck from them or whatever. I mean, he he certainly he gets after it. Eighteen-year-olds are also naturally passed, so that works sure. in his favor. Sure. I can only imagine how I was when I was 18. Well, I can ask Mike Lindsley. Okay. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll give you the he'll give me the, the complete accurate uh, version of events from your your wild times at St. Bonaventure. Sure, he will. Um so they're gonna if you think they're gonna keep Benson, they got they seven defensemen. Where where is this going? Uh Ryan Johnson has kind of stuck around. Um, so uh, is that, is that permanent? When does that, when does that give? That's a good question. Um, I think, I mean, Ryan Johnson has, I mean, he's, I think they knew he was very mature and wouldn't need a lot of time in the minors, you know, having played four years of, you know, uh, at Minnesota college hockey, but I mean, I think he's even ahead of schedule than maybe what they expected. Just being able to step into the NHL after a few weeks or whatever it was in Rochester, and he's making it difficult on them. And these these are they're they're tough decisions, but they're 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 good problems for the Sabers. Where the I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, their defense was I mean really their Achilles' heel. They just didn't have any horses. They didn't have depth. I mean, they just didn't have. A very good defense core, um, and now here they are. I mean, they have eight on the roster. Uh, they're dressing seven to get some playing, you know, to because to get everyone playing time. Because right now their defense core is a little stronger than their the bottom half of their forwards. So um, I think Don Granado feels comfortable with it, and maybe we see it a few more times. Just uh, making sure uh, these guys get some ice time because I. I Brian Johnson, in my opinion, doesn't deserve to come out of the lineup. Uh, Henry Okiharu got was sick, and he uh, he was pulled out for a few a couple games there. Um, but I mean, do you really want to scratch Henry, Henry Okiharu? So um, I think for the next maybe little bit, maybe we see it again. And uh, but at some point too, I mean, they're going to have to make a difficult decision because there's really there's no one in the defense core right now that you know you say, well, this guy could be scratched. I mean. Are you going to scratch Eric Johnson, uh, you know, who's played 900-some games, won a Stanley Cup? Uh, you know, I mean, just so much respect for him. You can't really scratch Eric Johnson, and you're not going to scratch Owen Power or, or whoever, you know. I mean, Connor Clifton's played well. Um, so maybe at some point they rotate or they just decide we're going to go with six again. But I think right now it's a good problem. And that defense core is stronger than those that that fourth line, so they can they can scratch an extra forward and dress a defenseman. All right, Bill. So the, they're still in a little bit of a bind here. The, the, beating the Blackhawks ended a a a skid of losing four to five, um, five out of seven. They're eight, nine, and one. Um, if they can't. They've only won. Uh, they won back to get back games once this year. Um, if they can't start stringing some wins together soon, at what point do you sound the alarm? Well, soon. I mean, if they, if 
I mean, as we've, we've spoken or talked about, uh, traditionally teams in playoff spots around Thanksgiving, early December, those are the teams that stay there. And it's not to say if, if they're not in one at that time that they're not going to get in. But um, traditionally, that's just the way it goes. I mean, you can look it up. That uh, well, I don't know the percentage, but it, it's very, very high. But, I mean, they still have time. But, I mean, if they lose, you know, if they lose to Washington, they lose to Pittsburgh, and they lose to New Jersey. I mean, if they, if by the weekend they've lost three games in a row or only have a point or what out of that stretch, or they're one and even one and two. Well, I mean, one and two wouldn't be that bad, but um, they have to get going. I mean, they have to string some wins together, as you say. They have to win three in a row. They have to win four out of five. They have to go four one on one. They they have to do something here to climb up because it's been. I mean. For as many uh, strong games we've seen, like against the Islanders and Avalanche and a couple others, I mean, it's been it's been as I've said, an underwhelming start. They just eh, inconsistent. Uh, the offense hasn't been there uh, like we thought it would be. The power play is not very good. Um, there's been some things to like, but it's kind of a middling start, and it's sooner or later they're going to have to take off. So, and that sooner, I mean, I mean. So they, they better do it soon because yes, there's still time, but you know, if, if they have any left, if they're continuing at 500 and they have a little lull, I mean, they could really fall out of it. Let's say they don't, where do they go from here? They've extended so many of these guys, Thompson, Darlene, cousins, power, Samuelson. Where do you go from here? That's a good question. I, I my gut tells me that even if they don't make the playoffs this year, that uh, well, maybe you know, I'm sure there would be some some sort of changes in the lineup. But I, my gut tells me this core group is still still can get it done. I mean, that's that's my thought. Just having been around them for all their careers and seeing them up close and, and so forth that this core group can still get to the playoffs. And once you get there, who knows what'll happen, but I still think even if they were to miss the playoffs and again, we're getting five months ahead of ourselves here, but um, I still think there would be a lot of belief in that core group. You know, who they could use right about now. Oh uh, boy. Here it comes. Well, I mean, I I think they've they've uh, I think they've played themselves out of the Patrick Kane market at this at this juncture. Um, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, he's gonna have. I mean, he, no shortage of suitors for him. I mean, he's he's still a talented guy, and as we've talked about, he's coming off whatever hip resurfacing, and he's older, and this and that. But uh, I could still see him being a factor. I mean, he's not gonna be the player he was probably even three you know two three years ago but he could still be a very good player and an asset and um yeah i mean who knows where he goes i assume a contender like a legit contender but hey stranger things have happened right i think he's just setting himself up to be the butt of the joke in the locker room with a coming off a hip surgery and being old maybe i know i never really thought of it that way it's hard to think of patrick kane as old too because i mean I still think of him as like this, like seventeen-year-old on the London Knights. But did you go to Did you go to London to cover him? No, I never did. <laughs> didn't have the Didn't have the same dedication then you do now, huh? I, I guess not. Yeah. Well, but you've the, you've turned it around, Bill. Thank you. But yeah, and, and apparently he's getting close to making a decision, or is in the final stages. Was one report I saw from TSN. So, uh, yeah, it's going to come to a head somewhat soon. I would think you, uh, you took a drive to Rochester, uh, recently. Um, what did you see there that you, that you liked? Well, I wrote a story that's been published now on Yuri Kulik and just, uh, his progression, how he, uh, you know, for as good as he was last year and he was, I forgot the number, but, the first person in whatever 25, 24 years to score 
20 or more goals in his rookie as an 18 year old in the AHL. But uh, a lot of that, a lot of his season last year was just getting by on a raw talent. And I, I just I wrote a story about how he's, he's, he's matured and he, he's evolved and he plays a harder game and a more complete game. And that's led to him uh, having 10 goals in 14 games this year. Um, he, he's, I mean, Seth Epper was pretty adamant that he's, he's a much different player than he was last season. And I think, I think the numbers prove it, but how did he, how did he get those numbers? Well, he's, he, he's getting those numbers because he's playing both sides of the puck and he's getting more opportunities. When do you think he gets a look? I think he will get a look at some point, but. Well, of course, he's going to get a look at some point. I mean, at some point this season, but I, I think they want to caution against uh, putting too much pressure on him. I mean, their fans are clamoring for him. And I mean, especially with Tage Thompson out, uh, he, he has that wicked, you know, ultra fast release and wicked one timer, wicked sh- lethal shot. I mean, I mean, you could see him utilizing that on the power play. And it's not, you know, not even Tage Thompson's out. I mean, in addition to that, the power play has been really bad. So, I mean, you can see an area right away where he could help. Uh, but I think they want to, I don't think they want to uh, caution. Uh, they don't want to put him in the spotlight. I mean, I think they, when they promote him, I think they want him to join an ensemble, so to speak. And uh, right now, if they recalled him, I mean, Instantly, I mean, there would just be all this attention on him, and he would there would be all these expectations, and I, I think it would. I mean, for a nineteen-year-old, that that's pretty tough, and he's he's a mature nineteen, but I mean, I don't know if it would be the best situation for him right now. All right, all right, and some other stories I'm working on: Isaac Rosane, Dustin Tokarski. So you can look forward to reading those. All right. Hmm. Well, Thanksgiving is upon us, Bill. Are you are you a Thanksgiving man? I, I have a dinner. Yes. What's your What's your your favorite part of Thanksgiving dinner? The mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, it's a food. It's a food a baby could eat. I know. It's a food you could eat at any time of the year. You could eat tur. I mean, you can have a turkey dinner anytime you want too, man. But who's gonna go buy a, a big turkey anytime? I've of the had year? plenty of turkey dinners when it wasn't Thanksgiving. Thank you. Plenty. Just saying. All right, all right. Are I you like pie- the turkey too? I know you're a cheesecake man. Are you a pie man? Yes, I've actually. I bought a frozen uh, pumpkin pie. The other day, and I think I've had <laughs> like five slices today, maybe. I actually got up this morning and had a couple slices. For breakfast? Yes. <laughs> Your mother would be appalled, Bill. I know, but she wouldn't be as surprised. Oh, uh, boy. So, yeah, I had a pumpkin pie breakfast, and I, you know, I had some for dessert tonight. So, Why, why don't you learn how to make a pumpkin pie? Well, it, this wasn't very costly. I uh, just—I shouldn't say I. My wife popped it in the oven, and uh, that was it. Saved a lot of the hassle. <laughs> do they not sell? Do they not sell pumpkin pie at Taco Bell? I don't think they have any pumpkin dishes. I think you should—you should bring that up the next time you're there. All right, I'll see what I can do. They don't have a lot of uh, dessert items, and no. the ones they have aren't that great. So. Sorry. Well, it is fast food, so. I know, I know. Anyway, all right. Well, Nick, it's been fun. Episode 12 in the books. Hard to believe 12 of these. Um, one, more in, one more, we have a teenager. I know, right? The, uh, the box set is going to be huge for this, don't you think? When we put out the box set, or our best of uh, compact disc. The blooper reel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be something. But anyway, if you'd like to uh, email us, you can email us at buffalopressbox at gmail.com and let us know what you think and or ask us something we can talk about or whatever you want. And uh, leave us a review, tell your friends, and uh, join us again next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.